study for 2023. In January, Into the Apex will return to the historic Daytona International Raceway for the Rolex 24 for the biggest roadshow yet. Porsche, Porsche, BMW, BMW, Cadillac, Cadillac, Acura, Acura. Who will begin the GTP era victorious? Follow IntoTheApex.com for trip details and meet up with the show live from Daytona Beach. and virtual motorsport meet from the ita studio to the paddock to the sim rig pull up a chair pour a drink this is the into the apex podcast into the apex Thanksgiving to our American listeners and fellow motorsport folks. Welcome to a special edition of Into the Apex. Longtime listeners of the show will be quite familiar with Operation Motorsport, with guests joining us from the organization over the past couple of years now. This week, we go along for a journey halfway across the world. But first, what is Operation Motorsport? Opmo's own Jason Leach joined us in a past episode and described it well. So Operation Motorsport is a nonprofit organization based in Canada and the United States, and we engage medically retiring and wounded service members as a typically as a transition from the service uh, in helping them rebuild a sense of purpose, team and identity, uh, depending on the on the individual and where they're at in their military career. Once uh, the military has decided they're no longer fit for service, whether it's due to med, uh, mental health or, or physical challenges, um, that could be a pretty trying time for, a, for an individual and it can really kind of shake up their life and kind of what's next. Um, so, you know, every, every service member, you know, comes in and they join that family. They join that, that sense of brotherhood and sisterhood. And that gives them that sense of, of purpose, team and identity. And, you know, when they leave, that's kind of lost. So we use motorsports as the catalyst to help rebuild those tenants uh, because we find so many similarities between motorsports and military operations. Uh, the best way I can describe it is those small team dynamics, uh, knowing what that person on your left and your right is doing, knowing that you might have to jump in and help out just in case something happens. But on the day of competition or in the military world, the day of your mission, uh, you can practice and rehearse and, and plan all you want. But you know, there's a saying called you know Murphy's Law and Murphy's probably gonna pop up and throw you a curveball that you may not have planned for. Uh, motorsports is the same thing. You know, if it's a tire puncture, you know, you know, contact with another car or what have you, you know, the, the crew has to jump in and now work as a team to, to continue to, to achieve their goals, which is in motorsports getting to the top of the podium. 
The journey for the Operation Motorsport crew on this occasion was to the Race of Remembrance. The crew had been there once before, and then COVID hit. The race was virtual on iRacing. And this year, 2022, the effort was bigger than ever. Our own Jason Bivens went along to co-drive with several drivers in an American car, and Jason and Hunter Reeve, an Operation Motorsport beneficiary who we frequently raced with on iRacing in the Operation Motorsport iRacing League uh, and in endurance events, was there and joined us. Jason talks about the effort to get there, the effort to undertake this event, which required these drivers and, and crew members to go from U.S. and Canada to Dublin, Ireland, to a ferry across to Wales, to Anglesey Circuit. And I encourage you to look at Google Maps and, and look at this circuit. It's on the coast of Wales and in a very rural area. And there really couldn't be a more beautiful site for this kind of event. We could talk about this for hours. We're going to try to put it in a, you know, in a bite-sized portion and, and uh, be able to take it all in. But it was just, it was a massive effort that Hunter and I were able to be a part of. There were, there were, uh, there was 39, but we're going to call it 40. There was 40 people <laughs> who crossed the, crossed the Atlantic to, um, to partake in this. Um, Skip Barber was gracious enough to provide us with two Honda Civic Type R turnkey race cars. These are factory built cars, very fast cars. They shipped those over in a container, uh, we also were, were able to have a sponsorship from Michelin and they shipped over just a mountain of tires and rims for us. So we had wet and dry tires. It was, it was just a huge effort. Um, people, so we had about, about 70% of the team is from Canada and the rest are from the U S. Um, I think myself and another, and one of the beneficiaries, Adam Poppenhaus, we were the only ones on the West Coast. <laughs> so we had the longest uh, day of travel. Um, but so everyone, you know, had to take multiple flights. Uh, we pretty much every, most people uh, arrived in Dublin and then they took a ferry from Dublin to Wales. Um, I got super lucky. So the advance, uh, I came two days, I think later than, than the, the main body of everyone. And I guess uh, the majority of the people had a ferry and they had something like it was in meters. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means, but they, it was a lot of meters. <laughs> the seas were angry, multiple meters, lots of meters of, of seas. We're going to call it for our purposes, uh, 15 foot seas. Um, and, <laughs> and there were reports of seasickness and all that. Um, I came later on with uh, with this, um, you know, one of the managing directors of Opmo, Jason Leach, and we had a beautiful ferry cross, ferry crossing, ferry passage, uh, very calm seas, and we relaxed and and kind of got to know each other's story, and that was nice. Uh, so when we get to Wales, um, we have this beautiful farm that was rented out, uh, farm and and uh, adjoining cottages where we have everyone set up. Um, and now let's meet Hunter Reeve, who joined us and co-drove the American Honda for Operation Motorsport and the Race of Remembrance. So uh, 2017, I, I got out of the Army. I was medically discharged. Um, and uh, I went to go work overseas as a contractor. I came back um, and, uh, you know, just 
kind of looking for things to do and 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 uh, going to school and randomly, I think 2019 maybe I uh, I found a Facebook post from Tooth Autosport, um, who's in the area here in Ottawa. They're based at Calabogie Motorsports Park, and uh, about an open house for Operation Motorsport. And I was like, well, "What's that?" So I dug into that and I found out what Operation Motorsports was and. I thought, well, that's cool. I'm going to go have to check that out. And I signed up and I guess the rest is kind of history. Um, worked as a beneficiary doing some things in the background with Tooth Autosport. I didn't work a race for a while. Um, not for any particular reason, just uh, to do with Otmo or the team. I, I was going through some health issues not related to my uh, time in the military. So, um, But started working with the more. Um, I had a weekend with Radical Canada into 2021, and then um, beginning of 2022, I, I got hired full-time at Tooth Autosport. There certainly was a sim racing and iRacing connection uh, to this event. Both beneficiary drivers, Theo Burulsima on the Canadian car and Hunter Reeve on the American car, participated in the Operation E-Motorsport iRacing League. You could say they were vetted in that process their racecraft on the sim, their speed on the sim, and everything else did matter. Hunter talks about starting on sim racing, getting into the Operation Motorsport League, how he got picked, and when he knew he was picked to become the driver of a Honda Civic SI in Wales. Uh, it was really tight between me and Theo for those first two seasons in 2020 before we figured out we got picked. So uh, it, it went back and forth. Uh, a lot. So I, I think that's why they picked us. And then we both kind of have some knowledge of driving a car in real life. So um, I think that helped as well. But uh, it was usually him or I winning uh, when we were first starting a league in, in the beneficiary class. So um, I think it was a tail end of 2020. Uh, obviously, we knew it wasn't going to happen in 2020 because of COVID. So um and then the goal, I think, was 21, and it, it didn't really come together. I think there was just, you know, it's still COVID was an issue then. And um, so I think we were shot for 22, and uh, that's why we ended up being there. But uh, Travis Hill and Trevor Hill were both running in the league, and I think they use that as a gauge to kind of watch racecraft between us, and, um, and that's how we ended up getting picked. So I can't remember. I think we had a couple other pros there at the time, but um, to use that as part of the, uh, the equation to figure out who they're going to put into the driver development program. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think sim racing is a great pathway and a good way to learn to drive a car in real life. And I'll, I'm a huge, I'm, and I kind of proof to that concept, right. And for me, especially by getting in a car in real life, the first time, uh, time I actually raced, we did a lucky dog race in October and I was going to do the race start on Sunday and I was pretty nervous. And as soon as we got to the line, I'm like, oh yeah, I've done this before. It's we're good. Just keep going, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's cool to use that as a tool to help decide to the car we had is a 2007, uh, Honda Civic SI. It's, uh, one of the cars in tooth auto sports fleet. Um, it's mostly set up to be a champ car, lucky dar or lucky dar, lucky dog car, if I could speak. Um, pretty, it's it's a front wheel drive platform, obviously, but it's more set up to be 
kind of user friendly, good for uh, uh, um, more novice drivers. A good, de- it's a good development car. It's you know it's front wheel drive, so it, usually the older cars we raced, we had EK and EGs, where it's kind of where Tooth started off of, and then those cars, if they're set up in a certain way, are absolutely as one customer put diabolical because they're that off throttle oversteer uh, sensitive. So the FG is great. It's a longer wheelbase. So it's, it's a great car to just jump in and figure out how to get a front wheel drive car around the track. So once hunters picked to drive in this race, our next question is how did you prepare? The answer really was he couldn't that much. The track itself was not in iRacing and our factor might've been the only option. In fact, Jason Bivens spent a little bit of time on that sim just to get ready for this race. But ultimately, it was something that would come down to the moment. Um, it didn't really spend, I mean, until, I guess, the beginning of the year when we found out what we were driving, a lot of time prepping for it because I just didn't know. I mean, you, you, you approach a front wheel and a rear wheel drive car differently. It's not like two opposite worlds, but there's a different way to do things. So um, once I, we figured out this year, yeah, I mean, I got Anglesey on a set of Corsa and started getting front wheel drive cars and I would play with the toe in the rear to make it a little bit more snappy in the back, you know, to kind of get your brain to be like, okay, you put in throttle more to get it to straighten out um, and, and use that. Or you could use it as a tool to help you rotate better. One of the two with off throttle oversteer. So kind of making your brain work that because anytime I've ever driven on track, it's all been rear wheel drive cars. So um, it wasn't until this year I drove a front wheel drive car on track. The purpose of the race of remembrance is lost on nobody there. It's there to honor and remember those who have sacrificed, those who have been lost. The race itself stops on day two. Everything stops. And there's silence and remembrance. Hunter describes pushing through pain and honoring memory all at one time. Uh, One thing that really, um, you know, you know, got not got to me, but sunk deep was uh, one of the bene- other beneficiaries on on the U.S. car. His name Scott Andrews. Uh, last stint, I was going to do the last twenty minutes. I caught the flu uh, a week before I was supposed to fly out to the point where I was like, I might not even make it. And all through the week, I still wasn't feeling that great. Um, and the other thing with uh, the, the one of the downsides of endurance racing is you got to share a car. I'm a gorilla. Um, we're all about the same size, but I was a gorilla. I was a little cramped in the car with my legs, and unfortunately, with my back issues, uh, I kind of got you know that got got exacerbated through the whole whole weekend. But I wasn't feeling that great, and Scott comes up to me and he hands me a memorial bracelet of uh, one of his buddies. Um, his name's Sergeant First Class Christopher Silas. Um, he was in Afghanistan um, and provided covering fire for a medevac helicopter and put his life on his line. Unfortunately, he died. And last year was awarded the Medal of Honor. And Scott comes up to me and he says, hey, dude, I want you to wear this. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, somebody's cutting onions in the, onions in the helmet and I wasn't feeling that great, like I said, but it's like, well, shit, I got to get in the car now. I absolutely have to. So um, that was, that was 
for me, one of the big, big moments from the weekend that really stuck with me. Jason Bivens describes the meaning of the remembrance ceremony and how it affected him on the grid as a civilian. It was such a somber event. Um, I was wear I was wearing sunglasses and I was <laughs> happy because yes, many onions were being chopped. Um, and we had, you know, a couple members of our crew um, were helping out, you know, Craig, uh, Craig got to read, I think it was a scripture. And, um, and then, and we had Brock was in his full dress uniform. He got to lay a wreath. Um, and there was others, um, Scott as well. I think, yes, I believe Scott walked up with Brock to lay the wreath. So the whole team was super involved with it. And yeah, I was chopping mad onions and happy for my set classes. So that was good. And then, but like you said, um, Cameron is like a no no relation to the um, director of Avatar, but it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. So then it's it picks it back up, but it was you know a somber, solemn moment. Moment, and it's you know I you know myself as a civilian. It's um, it was really cool to be you know kind of invited and welcome into your world for a minute. And, you know, I not been through what you guys have been through, but, you know, I did feel the, the seriousness and the impact and what wasn't lost on me. And, I, and I'm able to go and share this with other people now. After quite a year for Hunter Reeve, virtually and in the real world of motorsport, we ask him what's next. What are his goals in motorsport with Operation Motorsport and beyond? Yeah, for me, just, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like... Like I said, I, I work full time at Tooth Autosport, but Racer Remembrance was my last big event of the year, so it's kind of nice to just chill for a little bit. But uh, you know, um, things are already ramping up for next year for me personally. Driving, you know, just try and do anything and everything. I hope I can get some Champ Car in next year. Um, might have a couple things that we're working on, but it's depending on something, another situation my control. So um, more track time. Um, you know, because of my experience, I'm working towards becoming an instructor at Calabogie. So trying to, you know, get as much seat time, get out there as I can. So I, I do need to add one more thing to the end of the weekend or what the big moment of the weekend. And it's a big thank you to Elliot Whitfield. My mom and my wife came to, uh, the race this year, um, which is cool to have them there. And, you know, like I said, they helped me a lot when I was going through some health issues. So this is as much as is it for me as it is for them. Um, so it was cool to have them there. But Elliot saw my wife in the garage and was like, come here, come here. Had her put on the radio and, uh, you know, said a little, you know, had her say a little message as it came across the line for the checkered flag. So I got to say a big thanks to Elliot. That was really cool. The name Elliot Whitfield, an Opmo beneficiary that has been with Team Hardpoint for the past year or more, will be familiar to Into the Apex listeners. Elliot joined us after the Rolex 24 earlier this year and spoke about his own experience in comms in the military, which led him to Wales doing exactly that through this program. Yeah, um, so pretty much uh, comms is pretty much the... Um my main job I've done while in the army, of course, I had a, cu a couple special assignments, but um, pretty much that's all I've done. Um, 
and being in my MOS, which is pretty much 25 uniform, um, for those who might be listening or whatever, they, and, you know, other army soldiers, so they might know what I'm talking about, but we can be in any kind of unit. So we can go from infantry to armor, to fill artillery, to even a logistical type unit. So we can be in any kind of unit. We're not just in certain types of units. Um, but pretty much um, what I can see that transfers over is pretty much like being organized and knowing what you have. Um, when it comes to needing to get stuff repaired or having parts on hand when say a cable goes bad and you need to have another one to fix the issue that um, right then, that type of stuff there. To me, that that goes with, when it comes to comms, that it doesn't matter if you're in the army or the racing world or whatever, you should always have those type of cables on hand. So, you, you know, it can be fixed right away and it's not you're scrambling or having to run over to somebody else to try to get it. Um, I mean, it happens sometimes where that you might have to borrow, but if you can plan ahead and know that you have it, you just go to your stash or whatever and be like, hey, this is what it is. Hey, it's in this drawer. Bring me one, change it out, and you're good to go. So, um. Some final thoughts on this event and our guests as they walk us through the entire thing. In talking with Hunter and Jason, in seeing the social media, the videos, the posts over the entire race week and weekend, uh, it all comes together. Everything came together. We've seen up close ourselves how Operation Motorsport works in the real paddock, on the iRacing sim, uh, as a community. And it seemed that this event brought every person, or at least most every person, to one place as one team for one effort. Everybody served a purpose, everybody had a task, had a mission, and everybody executed that mission. You can tell from hearing from individuals that were there, drivers, crew, everybody, that it impacted them, that it's unforgettable. As Jason Bivens said to me off air, it was the opportunity of a lifetime for anybody. We're proud on Into the Apex to continue to support Operation Motorsport in any way that we can and spread the mission. We can't wait to see everybody in the paddock in January. Check out operationmotorsport.org and see how you can get involved in this great group of folks. This has been Into the Apex. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. <laughs>